There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm glad you reminded me of this, Steve. It's pitcher and catcher's day, report day already in Major League Baseball, the Rays included. Mm-hmm. Well, which is more important? Pitchers and catchers report day or Valentine's Day? Hmm. Well, I'm not going to send Kevin Cash a card. Let's put it that way. I don't think I have to shop for him. So, uh, well, he's got a, he's got a new contract. He he's got everything he needs now. Oh boy, that's true. Did you see? Uh, Mark Tompkin was down in in uh, Port Charlotte. They had access to, uh, I guess, Kevin Cash and Eric Neander, who both of whom have new contracts and. You know, sometimes I'm I'm not one to rap on headlines because I write enough of bad ones of myself, and I'm not saying this is a bad one per se, but sometimes it's like the most obvious of things that you kind of read and go, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, Cash and Cash and Yander think that they can win a championship here in Tampa Bay. Well, that's good since they're the ones paying you. You know what I mean? Like I'd be shocked if they came out and said, yeah, we took the money, but really, guys, we have no shot. Yeah. It's like the uh, it's like the news stories when they say, "Well, the firefighters were putting out the fire." Yeah. <laughs> well, good because that's what we pay them for, <laughs> right? Hey, hey or, or you know, the police are looking for an assailant. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They'll say breaking news. I'm like, wouldn't it be breaking news if they weren't looking for the assailant? That's right. <laughs> police, never mind the bank robber. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it it kind of like when I see stuff like that, and then, of course, you know, neither one of them had a whole lot besides the optimism and the happiness to stay here. It, it, it kind of reminds me that wasn't too long ago I predicted 100 losses for this team, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they won. I think they won 90-something that year, um, or maybe 100. But there is not going to be a season in probably in the recent near future that I will say, yeah, I really don't think they're very good. Because they they have now just become that team, that franchise, that – you know, with that manager, right, and they've done it with multiple general managers, where you go, yeah, they'll be right there. They'll they'll be at the top of the AL, AL, AL East. I don't know how. I don't know who's gonna who they're gonna be chasing. Probably the Yankees or the Blue Jays, or the, now it'll be the Orioles is kind of the it team in the AL East right now. But it's like, yeah, no, nah, they're gonna do it. They'll be there. And I'll, I'll tell you this much, and we'll get into Rays baseball as we you know get into Rays baseball, but. Um, I was listening to Brian Anderson, and, and he started reading off the names in the in that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! <laughs> I mean, do you need a starting pitcher? I mean, they that's the strength of this base. I without even knowing what else is on, you know, just on the team. Like they, I'm sure they're going to need you know some bats, and there's there's some question marks, you know, obviously with with Wander not not being here and all that. But just the bullpen alone, uh, and, and no way you keep them all healthy. Uh, granted. But man, uh, there's guys that have worked some, you know, some high leverage innings down there. They got electric stuff, and they're all kind of different. And they got it from both sides of the mound. Like, I don't remember. There's been many years where you'd go, yeah, that that's about the deepest bullpen as you can find in, in baseball right now. They they end up always having a deep bullpen because they find these guys that other teams 
put on waivers and they bring in yeah. and, and tweak something in their you know delivery or whatever, and all of a sudden they go yeah. from a seven ERA to a two, uh-huh. um, and, or they call up guys from the minors you never heard of. But this seems to be, yeah, going into the season, one of the deepest bullpens you can remember here. And then if they continue to go find guys on the scrap heap like they always do, mm-hmm. you know, it may even get deeper than it is now, which is kind of incredible. The qu- bigger question is. You got all these arms. Who's going to catch them? Because there's one catcher on the forty man roster. <laughs> He's going to be really busy, man. His knees are going to be so tired. I mean, and you talk, you know, uh, what was it? Ronnie Lane had a good line: "Pitcher and catcher day." Yes, yeah, pitchers and catcher day. report day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because that's. I mean, and this time in spring training, you need a whole bunch, right? Because you got a whole bunch of arms over there thrown off the mound. So I don't know. I guess uh, I guess every minor league backstop available will be invited to, to spring training anyway. Um, but they do they do need to find, I guess. Well, uh, Rene Pinto is going to be the starting catcher. He's your everyday, yeah. And, and so then, you know, I think their hope is is to find some guys that are let go during spring training. That's what uh, it to seems come, like, to come right? and be your second, third catcher, or you know, yeah. someone goes back and forth between Durham and Tampa Bay if needed, et cetera. So yeah, yeah, they'll wait for uh, another team that maybe has. There's there's never a team that you say, wow, they're just they got tons of catching, but. Some have more than others, and and um, the Rays definitely need one more. But Pinto at least is uh, is their guy, which mm-hmm. is you know it's good to know going into it that you you do have someone that you can count on. But yeah, and baseball's here. I mean, I look, I I'm base baseball my whole life, all that stuff. I know I cover football. We've talked about this on the podcast, but um, I this is what I live for. I mean, I love getting up every day or, or, or at night knowing there's a raise game on and, and just being able to like focus on, on the sport. It, it is a, you know, unlike football, I mean, it is a, it is a marathon. I mean, each game, you know, doesn't count as much and all of that. And it would be hard. Of course, you know, last year was so wild because what they went 13 in a row to start mm-hmm. the season. Yep. I mean, that, that was incredible, you know, and you just felt like, Man, they're gonna, you know, it's a special year, and then then they just had one really horrible month. I think it was June. Yep. And they came out of it, you know. Um, Still won what ninety nine games, but didn't yeah, win the almost a hundred games. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, they went six and something in June, I think. Um, but you know, and they were right there. It's just the short format, uh, an unlikely team that wasn't playing well at the time when when the Texas Rangers rolled in here. Anyway, lo and behold, they got hot and they went all the way to the World Series and won the damn thing. So it just goes to show, you know, and, and they were not playing well when they rolled into Tampa. But then, well, no, because they they were leading the AL West and then they crapped the crap the bed the last weekend and the Astros won the AL West. Yeah, and so they, they had to go play the wild Seattle. card. Yeah, they had to go play yeah. in Tampa in the wild card instead of having a couple days off. Mm-hmm. And two two uncharacteristically bad games by the Rays. Uh, not only did they not hit, they didn't field. Uh, they had a bunch of errors, you know, that sort of thing, and then boom, you're out of it in, in a flash. So it is, you know, the Rays have to find a way, if and when they get back in it, um, to just be playing well and, and at least, at least, at least play those games better, um, because it is a quick series that that first go round. If you don't have, you know, if you don't have a buy or something like that, if you're not a division champion. So, um, but that was, you know. That that's that's the thing. I'm almost at the point with the race where we were with the Lightning after they got swept by Columbus all those years ago. It's like, okay, yeah, regular season that's great, but you know what? All that matters is what you do when you get to October, and that's that's a a high bar they set, but that's where they're at. And 
even if they get to October, you're going to be like, okay, now, now show us that you've, you know, you can advance past this. Uh, Cause I think they've lost six or seven playoff games in a row. If I'm not, not mistaken. Um, it's, yeah, it's a good, it's, yeah, it's a good it's, number of it them. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, but, uh, yeah, excited about obviously baseball starting in, uh, uh, and they, they've got the right guys in charge. There's no doubt about that. I was at this event on, um, on Tuesday, which is really kind of cool. Uh, you know, the Buccaneers and particularly Darcy Glazer have done so much, um, for, uh, women, uh, you know, around football, uh, creating jobs and opportunities. And, and we know how inclusive the organization is. But also um, in building and promoting flag football, uh, girls flag football throughout not not just Tampa Bay, but throughout the state. I mean, they've been at they've been at the really point of the spear of that, and so they uh, hosted an opening night um, to what is their sixth annual girls flag football preseason classic, and this thing has grown and not just grown, it's exploded. Right, and they had a panel discussion. I'll get into in just a minute, but there was, you know, the release. It was kind of. I was reading release. It said more than over, more than or over, but more than sixty high school girls football teams. Yeah, it turned out to be a hundred and six girls high school football teams, and they were hosted in the uh, West Club at Raymond James Stadium for this event. I'm telling you, it was impressive. Like it's literally as far as you could see down this down this West Club, which is the length of a football field. Uh, there were girls flag teams all the way down from all over the state of Florida and it was really neat. And they had some pretty, you know, pretty big guests there in this panel discussion. Um, and you know, Troy Vincent jr. Was supposed to, or senior was supposed to be there, but he, uh, was tied up with, um, some flights and things, but the, uh, uh, Scott, uh, Hallenbeck, who's the USA football managing director, um, and he's, uh, you know, also part of this, this national team. You had, um, Eric Mays and you had the U S women's, uh, flag national team quarterback, uh, Benita Crouch. Uh, they also had, uh, you know, from the NFL, their executive vice president and chief administrative officer, uh, Dacia Smith, um, and a, uh, the president of, I guess it's, uh, RCX Sports, um, and, and he's involved in, in women's flag football as well, Izell Reese. These folks were impressive, and boy, all they could talk about was how the Buccaneers in particular and Florida uh, as a state has been just like mushroomed in terms of participation in, in um, uh, women's flag football, and the opportunities now are starting to follow, but they, they talked about the pathway. There's a pathway now to the Olympics that are coming up um, because flag football is going to be part of the Olympic games, which is incredible. I mean, so you went from, you know, some youth leagues playing flag and, 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 you know, girls eight to whatever. And then, and then, you know, then there's the mid range middle school type age and and then now high schools. uh, And there's some really good teams around here. I think Robinson has won multiple state titles. And so it's cool that, you know, in an area of so many high school uh, girls flag football teams that are excellent, um, you know, that then they're not only starting the season here with the preseason tournament, but also this year the state high school tournament is going to be in Tampa. And the Bucks, you know, will be part of that. Um, so it's it's just uh, – it was, it was a neat event. 
it was great to see all those young ladies out there. And you know what? There's just so much opportunity now that they can take advantage of um, in a sport that's that's really relatively new. But, you know, talk about promoting the game, right, of football in general. And we've had, we've had discussions about what Taylor Swift and all, you know, the, the connections with fathers and things like that. But really, um, this is just another – avenue for opportunity for perhaps college scholarships and and other things um through through football through flag so it was really a really cool event they did a nice job over there the lightning meanwhile they did a nice job man the boston bruins don't lose and they don't lose at home so go up there and win and and and, uh cap this road trip off with what a two and two record that's not bad yeah considering you lost the first two and right you lost mikhail sergachev on the start of the trip Mm mm-hmm you know they played. They well, they got out to a two zero lead in the game, and then gave up some goals. A couple bad mistakes. Some there were some bad turnovers. They even got covered up. But you find a way to win at Boston. You go to overtime. You go to the shootout actually and win it. Brayton Point gets the only goal of the shootout. Uh, but that's a big two points for the Lightning. Like you said, they go they get four points out of the four games on the road trip. Would have liked to have gotten more, but when you start zero and two, you'll take the two and two finish. And now, especially when you're finishing at Boston, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, you gave up an extra point to Boston, but Boston's going to win the division. You don't worry about that. Like, no, no, you know, no. a team you're right neck and neck with that. You don't want to give up those extra points to them. Now Boston's far enough ahead where you're not worried about that. You gave up an extra point to them. It, you know, it's kind of, you think of it kind of almost like playing, playing a Western conference team. You don't care if you give up an extra point to those guys. Right. Um, so we come on, but now you've got two big games this week. You got Colorado who's scuffling of late, but we know the talent they have on that team. And then you got Florida on Saturday, mm. who you're competing with for you know third position, second, third in the the division, wild card, et cetera. So, two yeah. big games this week at home. You got to need to carry the momentum of those two wins forward. And they got to be what almost to about thirty games left or so in the season. I'm thinking uh, twenty eight. Twenty eight. There you go. Wow. Yeah. This uh, this was game fifty four out of eighty two. Yeah, it's good. It's, it always always gets to this point and goes really fast for mm-hmm. me, but um. Yeah, the trade so, yeah. deadline's about three and a half weeks away. So are they buyers or sellers? Do they have cap room to do that? Well, with Mikhail Sergachev on LTIR, they have about $8.5 million of salary cap. Well, that'll get something done if they want it to. Now, the, the bigger question is, do they have the capital? Mm. You know, They've traded a lot of picks in, in that. Do they have enough prospects and or picks left to, True. to get what they want? But with $8.5 million, you could also go get a couple players. And typically, Julian Brisebois does not go after rental players. When he traded right. for Hagel, when he traded for uh, Goudreau, when he traded for Coleman, when he, these these guys had an, at least another year left on their deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you got them for like a year and a half. David Savard was one of the exceptions. He was a rental, but typically he goes after guys that have term, at least another year left. If you're going to give up a lot. We don't want you for one playoff run. We want you for two or more. Mm-hmm. You can always resign guys. But because Sergachev's on LTIR, you have this $8.5 million of cap space. But Sergachev's got to make the $8.5 million next year. You may not want to take on term. You may want to go after a rental, which typically costs you less. A guy who's got term is more valuable and will cost you more picks, more players, etc. He may want to go after rentals this year. Guys that you're bringing in just for this year, and and maybe you resign, maybe you don't, but you don't 
there's no guarantee of that, and maybe you don't intend to. And so maybe that drives the price down a little bit. But you could, with eight, you could go get a couple players potentially. You may want another left-handed shot defenseman to replace Sergachev. But maybe you want a, another center. Another faceoff guy, another, you know, you, you could you could address a couple moves now. Where typically when Julian Breezewell goes into the trade deadline, it's we're tied on the cap, it's money in, it's money out. Mm-hmm. You know, this this year he doesn't have to do that now. So it'll they, be it'll be really interesting what he does and how do aggressive know, he is. Do they know enough about Servicius injury to know that he'll be back at a, is it going to be relatively soon next year? I mean he fractured Two bones, it might be some ligament damage. I don't know. All I mean, yeah, you, you had surgery to replace the, what, the tibia and the fibula. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cooper was asked, he's, look, I'm not a doctor, but is there a chance he could play again this year? Because if we go deep in the playoffs. Oh, so if they're talking any remote this year, then next year is, is a so, given. So, I mean, you know, if there's a chance, you know, the Stanley Cup's going to start, and she's going to wrap up about four months from now. Mm-hmm. So if he's back for deep in the playoffs, you're talking three and a half. But I tend to think, and I'm not a doctor, so. but typically when you see injuries like this, it's more like four to six months at least. Mm-hmm. So my guess is he's not back this season, but well, probably. But that puts ne- him back next season. Yeah, probably. he's probably back next season. I mean, you know, yeah. could he be a little delayed in starting or do they, you know, slow play? Possible, you know, it kind of depends on how the surgery and the recovery and the rehab goes. Yeah, yeah. and You know, but – you know, but for salary cap purposes, he's not going to be back by April 17th, which is the end of the regular season. Yeah, so you can spend so, away for now. Just like Kucherov, they had the his money a few years ago. He didn't play the whole regular season, so they could use that money to get players, and then he came back for the playoffs because there's no salary cap in the playoffs. And that upset everybody. Yes, <laughs> and many other teams have done it before and after. And Yeah. But they didn't bring back Cooch. Yeah. And actually, in that season, had it not been a short season due to COVID, it was only a 56-game schedule. It started in January, ended in April. Had it not been a short schedule, he would he would have played some of the regular season. That injury wasn't a six-month injury. It was a four-month injury. Right. And so because of just it happened to be the 56-game COVID season, mm-hmm. it worked for the Lightning to do that. Gave him a nice boost in the postseason, and they were able to carry you know a full roster w- mm-hmm. without him. So, yeah, I remember I remember all the belly aching from that one. Well, we've got um, your mailbag questions coming up here in just a minute. Um, we'll get to those some good ones. I want to remind you guys that for the past fourteen years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida. Now they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods, and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors. They've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar. It's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees, and this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and their history of workmanship has earned their membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, 
Call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, we got some interesting, challenging, and otherwise, uh, I don't know, useful mailbag questions that we can get to here. Let's just get started. We do. We'll get to some today. We'll do some more tomorrow. So if you've got them, go ahead and send them in on Twitter at NFL Stroud or at Sports Day TV or email Rick at rstroud at tampabay.com. We'll start with Harlan, who says, listening to your Super Bowl recap podcast, I heard no mention of the real event, Taylor Swift. How do you explain this omission? What would your daughters think? You owe it to the fans. I do, although some have have asked me not not to uh, go there, but I will go there. Um, well, here's the I thing: th- I know th- I know the daughters were watching the Super Bowl. Are they listening to this podcast? Yes. Okay. In fact, they do, and and they've started listening because I talked about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, um, for those of you who have daughters, get them on this podcast because we we do that. Look, the rising tide and, and boats and all that stuff. Um, you know what's interesting? We kind of talked to Tit on this a little bit, but like the the conversations between fathers now and their daughters, maybe over the Chiefs and Kansas City and Taylor and, and Kelsey and all that. Um, it continued and it continued through the Super Bowl. My girls grew up around sports, obviously, and then you know they know what their dad does, and it's always on TV in some form or another. Their mom's really into it as well, and uh, and yet they you know they played some soccer back in the day, but they're both they're kind of in the dance world. Uh, in the performance world, which is fine, but um, they have not been, you know, aside from the lightning, which seems to be their favorite, they, they've not really sat down and watched uh, many sports on TV, uh, particularly football. And like Super Bowls, you know, they come for the halftime show, that kind of thing. Not this year, man. Kansas City has, you know, been the it. And of course, they went all the way and won a Super Bowl. Um, and they're uh, now a modern dynasty that's three and five years. Um, but they know, you know, they know more players now, but the, it, it has been a conversation because the games have been on and they have sat and watched them. Uh, and yeah, they got the 25 second cutaways to Taylor and stuff, which is, you know, probably what they're really there for. But uh, in the process, it, it, it has created opportunity for those conversations. And I know this has happened all around America and um, I think it's great, but but then again, as the people on Twitter pointed out to me, or at least one guy in particular, this was all scripted anyway. And, um, you know, Mahomes had to ask a question about that too regarding, uh, you know, the NFL's master plan to uh, to sort of just bequeath them champions this year. But um, which I, if people really believe that, you know, if you're a flat earther or something like that, like I, I'm still stunned by it. Like that, you can live in your head that that has no reality <laughs> whatsoever. But uh, well, here's my dude, question: If the NFL scripted it, would they really put the champ the the, the dynasty in Kansas City? <laughs> good point. Really good point, man. <laughs> Why isn't this thing in New York? For God's sakes, you know, or L.A. or someplace, um, Chicago. You know, the poor Bears. But uh, then again, why did they put Tom Brady in Tampa? I mean, well, that's a pretty unlikely pairing there, too, right? So uh, maybe they love the underdog. I don't know. But it is it is a fair question. Why is Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? Uh, because they were smart and they drafted him. And now he's he's the new it guy. But, yeah, it, it we did we did discuss uh, football together and watched it together. And, and uh, uh, look, I those two crazy kids, you see, I don't know if you go on um, any of these 
you know, other platforms such as uh, TikTok or, you know, uh, even, even, uh, even Twitter to some extent, like they had the after party and what went on there with Jason, by the way, was hammered. He could barely stand at the end of the night. No surprise there. Uh, and then uh, Taylor and, and, and Travis got after it uh, pretty good at the party. And, and they were at one point, Travis is up with the DJ, had a DJ and they're all dancing. And of course they're playing Taylor's song. You belong to me. And he turns and then, you know, there she is. And the uh, it was just very well produced <laughs> and very, uh, uh, very, you know, just, just fun. And it, it had to be equally painful though. Cause this is the other thing. My wife said this, that, uh, you know, nowadays these teams, the both teams sort of plan parties because they expect to win. Right. And if you do win, you want a party, but if you lose, do you really want a party? Right. But you can't go into it thinking you're going to lose. Hmm. So yeah, there's a party plan for both teams. It's like an election. Be, they do the same thing. Both parties know have, have a party has plan. It to be horrible to go to that party, right? Mm-hmm. Like there can't be anything worse than, I guess you can drown your sorrows maybe, but man, that is, you know, turn off the entertainment. Like I, I just want to sit over here with my hemlock and uh, we're not going to replay the game. Like we are at the, uh, you know, at the Kansas City Chiefs party. Um but there is nothing quite as as fun as uh, a team celebrating after after a Super Bowl. Nobody goes to bed, and it's just you know complete elation and all of that. But uh, yeah, some some pretty cool you know images coming from from the KC party and stuff. So there you go. There's your Taylor Swift fix, and we probably won't be discussing her until next football season. But um, if you know if it was scripted, it was a pretty well written script and. You know, I kind of expected Travis to get down on a knee with a confetti and, and you know, propose or something, but uh, that didn't happen. So we'll have to see wh- how this romance goes forward. But uh, it was it was fun. And look, I give Kansas again. Thinking back on sort of the Super Bowl, I think I think Kyle Shanahan's going to take a lot of deserved arrows. I didn't like the game he called necessarily in the second half, in particular, um, and. There were some plays that, you know, Brock, Brock Purdy needed to needed to get them in better protections, or something needed to happen to where he had more time to throw to open receivers um, towards the end of the game. Um, and I also think, though, that this was this was a the, the greatest achievement of of the Super Bowls that Mahomes has won because it was not overly talented on offense. Now the defense was the story for them all year long. And at one point, when they were just not playing well at all in any phase, they came together and they said, "Okay, that's enough. You know, we we still have the enough here." And that quarterback was special. He was special in that he did what it took to win. Instead of, "Hey, let me rack up five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns," um, he knew he couldn't do that. But but he he never like you know, unlike some quarterbacks we know of and have maybe been around, uh, Mahomes never disparaged his guys right like it didn't matter how many passes that Valdez Scantling dropped it didn't matter you know that Justin Watson is suddenly emerging as is one of his better receivers a guy who couldn't you know stay on the active roster in Tampa um Mahomes is always very positive you know and he just kept saying I you know I I see how hard these guys work and you know his little Kermit the frog voice but he never got down on them in a game he didn't get down on them uh between games, you know, and they kept fighting and they kept working. And then, you know, at the end, they found a couple guys that could catch the ball and 
you know, Mahomes was able to make big plays and when it mattered in the biggest moments. And so he he just found a way to use his defense, field position, uh, convert on third down, use your legs, you know, do whatever it takes to win the game. And without that guy, they don't win it. But um, it was impressive because they were not they were not the most talented team on offense. Now, defensively, they're a handful. No, no one is going to have an easy day with them on defense. But offensively, this was a challenge. And Kelsey and Mahomes were the biggest stars because they had the most time together and, you know, came up in the biggest moments. So good for the Chiefs, man. It's incredible. I, I can't tell you how hard it is. What's well, been over 20 years that a team has gone back-to-back. But, you know, to win that many in such three and five years, it's so hard to get to this game, much less win it. And for the Chiefs to do it, when they went 50 years uh, before they were in the Super Bowl again, you know, after after the early one. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, you're right, though. I don't think if it was scripted that the best team in the NFL would be in Kansas City, that's for sure. Well, it has to be scripted. I mean, as soon as the game was over, they had hats and T-shirts and commercials running. Well, yeah, it. how'd they know? How'd they know? I always wondered, like, that's, you know, hey, Kansas City fans, your Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Wear the exact same hats and T-shirts. You know, well, how they know is that the other team has them too, only it's being shipped to some, you know, Central American country <laughs> or something that where no one can ever see them, but they'll be made good use of. Um, yeah, so somewhere uh, south of the border, there is a uh, – uh, the San Francisco 49ers must have actually won the Super Bowl because it says so on their T-shirts and their hats. But, yeah, um, you don't want to see that commercial. That was the one thing that was emphasized years ago by Rich McKay is when you do not want to watch that for the next six months. Matt asks, first, do you agree the best quarterback Super Bowl night was playing keyboards in a Duncan commercial? Second, even if the Bucks re-sign Mike Evans, could they go wide receiver with their first draft pick to go get younger and add depth? I do believe the, the best quarterback was playing keyboard on the Duncan commercial, which, by the way, I think, I don't think it's close. But that, to me, for the celebrity, for the comedy, and there's even some outtakes that are on social media now, best commercial of the night to me is a Duncan commercial with, with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, uh, Brady on the keyboard, uh, Jennifer Lopez. I mean, it was the whole thing was so well done. And uh, Have you bought your Dunkings tracksuit yet? I didn't know they're this is a real yeah. thing, huh? Yeah, they're for sale, sixty bucks each. They sold out within minutes, though. Now, are the shoes also uh, part of the deal because uh, they had kind of these? I'm guessing for sixty bucks, you don't get the shoes and the jumpsuit. Well, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> but so sixty dollars for the jumpsuit—that doesn't yeah. seem yeah. unreasonable. Yeah, it went on sale uh, at uh, noon Monday Eastern. Sold out within minutes. Well, the Dunkings should definitely be a group somewhere, right? Like somebody—I mean, that's a terrific name for them—and. uh if Tom Brady's on a keyboard, sure, I'll go. What can he do, right? Um, but there's there's some out there's you know him throwing footballs at at Affleck and and uh, and Damon and stuff. You can still whip it, but yeah, it was cool. And then the, my favorite line because my wife would have said something like this: "They're all having to leave." You know, he, he crashed her work because she crashed his last time, and uh, and and so as they're all getting chased, she goes, "Tom, you can stay." <laughs> It's so good. It was just like, yep, that's what you, yep, that, 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 that's what my wife would say too. Um, so yeah, uh, it was, it was, you wonder, you know, I mean, Tom obviously didn't play last year, but he has, he's such a busy life. It's like, when did they find the time? You know, when did, when did you all get together and shoot that? But, uh, 
it had, and of course, those guys have been in movies together, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the past. So obviously, in the New England uh, crossover stardom there helped as well. But yeah, I, I do think, look, I'm not ready to get Patrick Mahomes the GOAT status. Um, I'm sorry. Like some of these people have kind of lost their minds and said, well, he's already the best quarterback I've had in, you know, in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, how are you judging that? I mean, because he does some, you know, athletic things and the arm strength and the no look passes. Like, yeah, that some of that stuff is unique to him. He plays a, the quarterback position a different way than we've ever seen it. Um, and he's really, really good. And, and he may, he may well put as many on his fingers as, as Brady does before he's done. Cause he's 28 Brady played till he was 45, but no, I'm not ready to give it to him because I think I still believe that so much of that position is, you know, from the pocket. And even though he does special things outside, uh, nobody was, was better than Brady to me in those big moments, in those big games. And, you know, and he also, it's always hard to compare eras, even though they played against each other. And Brady beat Mahomes, by the way, in the Super Bowl. Brady played, you know, 20 years before that when football was totally different. And it was harder uh, on some quarterbacks and on wide receivers and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not quite ready there to go there yet, but he's definitely on the glide path. I don't know if he'll land the airplane, but, man, he's he's certainly, you know, right where Brady was uh, with three championships and at age 28. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Glenn asks, is there a chance the Bucks re-sign Mike Evans and or Baker Mayfield before that upcoming February contract deadline? Um, is there a chance? Yes. Is it likely? No. That's like, what, next Monday or something like that? Um, or next week sometime? What is This is Valentine. Oh, by the way, happy Valentine's to, to all of you out there. If you forgot, there's plenty of flowers and cards at your local convenience store, I'm sure. Uh, that date... Is, is significant in that if they were to do it, they, they save some cap room. Um, but there's other ways of also doing that, and and so I don't think it's as critical. I I don't I don't sense that something will get done that soon. Now the fact that you have an offensive coordinator in here, and and there's some other staff positions that they're starting to settle. The combine's coming up, you know, at the end of this month in Indianapolis. Uh, it goes through the beginning of March. And and frankly, that's where a lot of those discussions take place, right? Because the agents are there, the teams are there. They like to have those face-to-face meetings. Um, so my guess is no, but would it completely, like, would I be like, wow, where did that come from? No, I wouldn't either. I, I'm still one, maybe I'm just an optimist and I'm naive, but I believe that if if I'm an offensive coordinator at Kentucky and you come after me and I, I mean, I, I have to be honored that I get a chance to call plays in the NFL. I didn't get to do that for the Rams. I did do it at Kentucky. But I still want to know, even with Todd Bowles winning a division or two divisions in a row, I still need to know who my quarterback is. And if you're telling me, well, we got we got Kyle Trask and we, you know, and we've got Wolford and, and you know, 
And, and I go, yeah, well, what about the Baker guy? And you can't somewhat guarantee me he's back. Eh, I'm a little less, you know, sure of my, my decision. And and so Liam Cohen made decided to come down here, and he admitted, yeah, everybody know I am here because of Baker, but Baker isn't here. But there's got to be a yeah, but to this. Like, yeah, but how do you know you'll keep him? And the only thing I keep coming back to is, well, they can franchise him. You know, it's like, well, well what if you use a tag on him? Well, what about Winfield? What about Winfield? Get a long-term deal done with the guy. I mean, does Winfield want to walk? You know, and, and do you not want to pay him as one of the top two safeties? Because guess what? He's one of the top two safeties. We can all have a debate about Baker Mayfield, including Baker Mayfield. But I know this, that, you know, $36 million, which would be like the franchise tag roughly, is not out of line for Baker Mayfield, uh, especially since the salary cap's going to be going up and guys like Trevor Lawrence and Dak Prescott and others in this league are going to be making $60, 65000000 million in a year's time. And so that 30, 35, 36 will look like a bargain. But more than that, you, you don't have to worry whether he's your quarterback or not. You announce to the world, hey, we'll use the tag. And, oh, by the way, even though we've tagged him, we can still, it buys us time. He can't go, he's not going to go out and get another deal done with another team because we've tagged him. And so now we have, you know, up until really almost the start of the season, that we, we, we can go ahead and try to sign him to a long-term deal. Because now he knows he's back, and there's a number attached to it, which is $36 million. So it's a nice starting point. So I, however it works out, I don't think that Baker Mayfield is going to not play here next year. As for Mike, you know, if they, if they came to Baker tomorrow and said, guess what, I got good news, right? We've re-signed Mike Evans. We have your offensive coordinator. Are you ready to go? And he'd be like, yeah, let's work something out. You know, because now he's got his number one receiver back. He's got Chris Godwin. Um, you know, the band's back together again, and I and I want to be part of it. I want to be directing it. And so however that contract looks, if we can come to some fair market value, I'm ready to sign now because I know, I know what we have here. Um, that would certainly help push things along because he said that the first step was getting Liam Cohen, you know, an offensive that he was – an offensive coordinator he knew – um, but that the next biggest step, if you get Mike Evans back now, it's like, it's tailor made, right? So, um, that might get them, you know, get them going. And, and that's part of it is, you know, what's the order of things, you know, you, you lose Dave Canales, you got to hire a coordinator, you hire a coordinator, you got to hire an offensive line coach and maybe a run game coordinator, and you got to hire a wide receivers coach. So there's other things sort of taking up their interest right now. Um, but they'll turn their page here pretty quickly, and uh, like I said, by the time we get to the combine, I don't think they're sold they're, that they're that they're signed by the nineteenth. But I think by the time we get to the combine and shortly thereafter, which is really almost the beginning of free agency anyway, I, I think you're going to see some deals get done. All right. Well, listen, we we've got a good number of your mailbag questions left over. You can always add to those, as Steve said. You can do that on Twitter at SportsDayTV. Reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Um, we've got, you know, still plenty to talk about in terms of, uh, there's still Super Bowl fallout, fallout. We've got baseball cranking up all of that. So, uh, as well as, you know, the Buccaneers have a big free agency thing that they have to deal with, and, and the combine is coming up. So, they're going to turn their attention a little bit to the draft, and a lot of those quarterbacks are going to be lining up, and they're going to be trying to put those guys in order. So, 
No shortage of topics. Get with us tomorrow. You can send those email questions in if you'd like to. Happy Valentine's Day. Please, if you forgot, uh, lots of flowers, cards available, candy. You know, do something for your loved one just to, you know, remind them of how special they are and uh, be safe out there. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. 